teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on to the Baseline Podcast. We are doing a special podcast today. Uh, I do say all my podcasts are special at the start, um, but this one's especially special um, because I have good friends and colleagues, um, Paul Berridge and KJ Allen from the one and only Hoop Nation. Uh, Boys, how are you going today? Very good, Stevie. Um, It's great to be here again. I'm looking looking forward to our conversation as usual. Yeah, thanks, Stevie. Um, you said that special guests. Um, I don't know so much about Paul. <laughs> oh. and, you, and you forgot. Oh, sorry, Bryce. Oh, no, we still love you. Um, and you forgot to mention mentors as well, Steve. I, d- I did forgot to mention oh, mentors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colleagues and mentors. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and hitting, hitting us up for episode 103, we're not hurting uh, over not being on the 100th episode. That you promised. <laughs> <laughs> we won't bring that up, okay? We won't bring that up. That's all right. People, no edits. No yeah, edits. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not editing this at all. I'll say that, and then later I'll just ch- chop out the first five or ten minutes so I'm not embarrassing myself. Um, no, I appreciate, yeah, appreciate you guys and um, your annual mentorship, obviously. like um, People don't know Paul actually helped um, with the name of the podcast um, and then also helped me to uh, just sort of push these things along and... Um, give me the encouragement to to push on with this platform um which is yeah which is pretty awesome and, oh, and they must qualify me of being special in kj <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for steve to talk about how i've helped him with his with his poor english <laughs> i'm definitely i, I would edit that out but people right. people already know it's true people already know it's true um, then that's why I do that's why I'm doing audio now instead of written KJ which you'll be disappointed with <laughs> rather than just fix my punctuation and grammar I just stop doing written all together and just do audio <laughs> and I'm then could... grammar and word selection Stevie and word, and word selection. selection yeah here we go well word selection is probably still a problem on the pod um, <laughs> but yeah 13,000 13, downloads later um, and yeah obviously great guests that are connected with not just you guys but um you know, all around New Zealand and um, yeah, it's been, been really, really cool. And I appreciate, I appreciate the push. Um, yeah. Just appreciate being part of um, just one little part of what, what it is you guys have done uh, over last year. And you're yeah, looking forward to, to chatting on probably first chatting on the year that that is and was for Hoop Nation this year. Um, I feel like it was a bit of a year of a bit of a year of ups and downs um, starting with the not being able to go on tour. For, for, for you guys um and then going into the junior showcase which i consider was a massive success um paul do you just want to start chatting on the the showcase for a start and what you think or yeah how you feel that um sort of changed the landscape of the sport um on easter of this year yeah um the the showcase was a whole another level to what we've done in the past with Hoop Nation. And I think the most exciting part about doing the showcase was taking something back home to where it started. Um, And just seeing how, you know, the opportunities of what we've been trying to create over the last 10 years have come all the way back to the start of the journey for kids, which is youth basketball. Um, 
and having that age group opportunity to you know to live by the name under the showcase was was a tribute not to what we put on but to the athletes that were able to host and you know for us it's always trying to help the exposure opportunities you know contribute to the pathways where we can and you know have our part to support the game more than anything um and going back to Wanganui knowing we left uh Wanganui with 35 teams before we shifted to uh Tauranga and we thought we were pushing the envelope uh with 35 teams in Wanganui and the resources that it had which we were at the time um but in that space we always knew that there was um schools uh, locally that could support the games that were needed to be played to that sort of level. So, you know, we, you know, this is going back to when we decided to go ahead with the showcase, there was a number of cities that we were looking at taking it to um, and knowing, you know, due to COVID, you know, it didn't happen in, in our 10th year anniversary, which we planned it to happen. We had to push it out another year. And that was sort of going to be, you know, the thing that me and KJ always talked about, doing something special on our 10 year anniversary with Hoop Nation being in the landscape was, you know, wouldn't it be special if we went back to Wanganui where it all started and, and host another event and put another basketball tournament on the calendar. Um, and yeah, we, we talked about it and discussed it. We had some really promising opportunities outside of Wanganui to do it. Um, but when we looked at the, the landscape and resources to know that we can actually tap into other venues to host these games and go bigger and better than what we did. And we had in our inaugural launch of Hoop Nation, I think we had 72 teams um, and that was played over five, five courts um, over four days. And yeah, it was, it was just, it was just, it's just a vibe at the stadium too. You know, Springvale stadiums, old school grassroots, um, the stands, like you're sitting on top of the court. Um, it was just, you know, the atmosphere over that weekend with the amount of, you know, talents and games and high level games that were being played. It was, yeah, it was an emotional trip. Um, it always is when we go home. Um, and it was, you know, just a tribute to, the support that we've had to, to, to the success of what it was this year was based on the community still, you know, supporting what we do. Mm, yeah. I, I think something I reflect on is that the club, it's like the club model took off in the last year and that almost, and that timed perfectly with the showcase. Um, and I think about probably three, three or four clubs in particular, the way that their kids and, and the squad supported their teams on the sideline of the showcase. That was one of the best things for me. And that was, uh, yeah, Ball Never Lies, ACB, Splash Brothers, it was Taba. There were a bunch of clubs there. But the way that, that they supported their teams, all wearing their gears, um, you know, warm-up tops that the people had fundraised for, and the vibe at the stadium was, was crazy for the four days. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, I think to add to that, that AAU format that we introduced, to, you know, that high pace, um, you know, there's some variations around what we did to, to try and replicate what it would be like to play in that environment. It was always going to come down to the spectators and support, you know, the atmosphere was always going to be the clubs and, you know, the, the other teams that were coming along and, and supporting each other throughout the weekend. It was, yeah, it was a vibe. It was crazy. It was some, some huge plays and, you know, really tight games. And it came down to people surrounding the court. Like you would feel that you would be at a, an AAU game in Las Vegas or, you know, anywhere in California. It was just, it was, it was awesome. 
yeah, it was very, very special. KJ, we'll go to you next in terms of talking on the on the showcase. Um, the the style of like Paul talked on the the style of um, of game that you put on and the rules that you put in. What was it when you guys first thought of this tournament idea? What was it that you wanted to add into the basketball calendar that wasn't there before? Um, I think you hit it earlier, Steve, when you talked about the rise of club basketball. And it's been able to provide a platform for those clubs because outside of the rec program, um, you know, kids have got a choice. Um, some are lucky enough to be in a club as well as participate in the rec program. So in terms of the Junior Showcase, the Junior Showcase was trying to capture uh, the very best talent that the country actually has to offer without a, without a development division. Uh, and... You know, so when we so when Paul and I have been talking about the junior showcase, it's like how can we get the best kids here? Um, when we look at what's happening at the classic and the continual um, high standard that every year you have a look at what's coming out of the club, it's just like incredible, mm. and getting better and better. And so yeah. it was the conversations were around. Okay, let's let's put something together that can actually do that. So although we tried to launch um, in uh, twenty twenty. You know, it's been a conversation that we've had for a number of years, you know, before before that launch. Yeah. Soft launch was going to be in 2020 on our, no, 2021 on our, um, 2020 on our anniversary, but yeah. didn't hit it until, um, until this year. Yeah. So, you know, there are a number of highlights from from the Junior Showcase that I, that I loved and I celebrate with you too, you know, seeing um, the support that they gave each other. You know, mm. you've got entire club on the baseline, you know, and then you see at halftime, these the clubs go back, they swap over, and when they meet in the middle, you know, they say hi to <laughs> the fives and the rest of it. It was it was it was just it was beautiful to actually watch, you know, yeah. it, was, it was beautiful to actually watch that. Um, yeah. You know, and and you know the numbers that we've had there, the number of teams that we had there was, was great, and we're looking at even more for next year. Yeah. Um, and looking at the three-point competition, you know, that went, that went really well. The slam dunk competition, that was crazy. Um, except some, one of the judges was on their phone. Oh, my <laughs> God. I knew that was going to come up. In 10 years' time, we'll still be talking about that. We won't mention the person's name, but... Um, uh, yeah, I won't mention your name, Stevie Cousins. We won't um, mention our name, but that will be forever etched in the, yeah. the Hoop Nation Hall of Fame. One of those shacked in the full moments. And I think yeah, yeah. you're lucky not to be squashed, especially sitting between myself and Rob Tuolavi too. And, that, and he started giving me sideways looks at the moment. We we're waiting for your number to go up on, on one of the scores. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There was, um, yeah, we were just going to skip on past this one. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, so, agree. I just want to add, add a bit more depth to coming up for next year. So there's some exciting things that we've got coming up for next year. Yeah. Um, one is that, as, as, you, as, as we've announced, you know, we've moved out of the Easter space. Yeah. Um, what we found out was that, although we were in the bottom of the, not the very bottom of the North Island, but we were in lower North Island, trying to not compete with um, other association events that are up in the mid to top of the country. Um, we thought that would be quite good, but you know, some of the associations found um, that difficult in terms of their programs. So we've moved out of, the, out of the Easter space and got in the second week of the school holidays. Um, so that removes that barrier. And then the second thing that we've done in terms of the location, the timing is moved out of the Sunday space. So that means that the LDS kids 
in play. And yeah. you think of the history that, you know, Future College has, you know, in, in, mm. in the country, it's just, you know, a no-brainer to try and get all those, you know, to pay tribute to, the, to that legacy, you know, yeah. and to have the LDS kids to play without having to come and not play on a Sunday. You yeah. know, so the tournament finishes, finishes on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, and this year we've, we've got extra courts. So we're going, we're looking at 120 teams in total this year. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. that's um, an increase, a significant increase, and especially across the um, 15s and 17s. Paul, do you want to talk about the 15s and 17s and the numbers that we've, that we've put up? Yeah, um, and I just want to touch back on the question that you asked, KJ, Steve, in regards to why, you know, we went with the rules of that AAU system is because we know how restricted. No, no, no. So, <laughs> so you, uh, all the things that you touched on, KJ, is, is definitely the information we needed in regards to, you know, why it was put together. But I just think from other point of view was there is no tours to the States. There is no opportunities for these kids to travel in this environment that we have right now. So it was like, well, what can we do for those kids that were, and, you know, and to, to pay tribute to those tours that have been over to, to, to Vegas, you know, with what Kenny's done. And, and now they have a platform locally that they can test themselves in that environment. Um, and I think, you know, those four days with, with the support and the atmosphere and the energy that these kids were playing at. And I've been to Vegas twice. Um, I was lucky to go with my son when he made the under 13 team for NZBA, but just to go over there and witness that firsthand and come back and see us, you know, replicate to the, to the level of what was delivered over there. Um, I really think the kids gained from that and that experience. Um, Obviously, it's, it's, it's not full of or 100, you know, the top 100 ESPN high school prospects in the country. But, you know, that was the other little thing that we tried to add for profiling for the kids was to give them a platform where, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, high profile coaches that were there were giving their opinions on talented kids. And we gave them an opportunity to be in a top 20, you know, and then we got the the you know, the all-star fives at the end of the tournament. And then we got the MVPs, you know, with a lot of things that are always in place with basketball. And that's the culture of the game as, as well. You know, when we watch NBA, it's always, you know, who's going to make the all-star game and, you know, who, who's going to get MVP ballots. And they start that the second week, the league's running, you know? So yeah, for us, it was just adding to the mindset and, and not to say that, you know, we're, we're, we wanted to blow smoke on these kids, but, to put them in a realistic situation where multiple coaches had an opinion on the talent of these kids and they're all saying the same thing. So, you know what I mean? And I think that really needs to be discussed for kids and those ones that are chasing those dreams to get to the States because you start living it, you start breathing it. And it's not that they let it get to their head. It's just how they manage that and use it as a motivational tool to, to, to keep striving for greatness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's some really good points that both of you guys raised and the conversation around um, obviously rankings and all-star fives and MVPs. We don't have, you know, I've had people on the podcast that have said our kids don't play enough. You know, um, it was Kevin yeah. Braswell. And, you know, he's a guy that went to four years at Georgetown, one of the greatest players in program history. Our kids train all the time, but they don't, they don't get to play often enough. Here we were we were able to provide um, 
some sort of a, a system where coaches were not a, only able to be exposed to kids from other regions that they didn't know, but kids but kids were striving for something a bit bigger um, than themselves, especially in a, in the COVID year where in the end, um, that, that was only one of the only tournaments that was actually on uh, the last two years. There was no there were no secondary school regionals and there were no secondary school nationals. So for kids that, now, that are now about to go on scholarship or try to go on scholarship, they actually have something on their resume um, that has shown um, this is what I was able to do. And not only, maybe I didn't, I wasn't in the championship winning team, but here's a talent that I matched up against. Um, you know, these are the, this is the photo we're using to help with recruiting. And now we've seen one of the MVPs from last year's tournament uh, is going to a top ranked um, prep school, Luca Vea was the MVP of the, of the 17s, and he's about to fly to Kansas on the 30th of December to join uh, Sunrise Christian. So this is the these are the things that um, that that you guys have wanted to put in place, and you know the mm. box was ticked in terms of the execution, which which was really really exciting, and and I think it added not only did it add to the vibe of the tournament, but we saw there were there were kids there that I think. They might not have, have got that exposure in other places because they weren't selected. You know, chatting to some other clubs that maybe they weren't able to make these these other um, rep teams because of the volume of talent in these other clubs. So they actually got to come along and and put their name towards something bigger because they weren't even good. They even if their parents were able to afford it and they and they were able to put the time in that some there's so much competition for places and this wasn't there were no bar- barriers for entry. And these kids were just able to come along and ball, and that's always been your dream for the tournament, right? Yeah, and and just a quick acknowledgement to yourself and what you've done with Luke over the last few weeks to 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 help their family in that process, and especially with what Lindsay's done with ACB and you know with supporting that. I mean, and and another thing to add, Luca did come on the twenty twenty um, tour with us to yes. uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. And he was a great kid there, and and obviously he got MVP coming in, a, uh, finishing in a runner-up place to to the Wolfpack at the Under Seventeen Finals, and that speaks volume for him to walk away with that MVP title after you know finishing second at the tournament. So, um, and that's definitely you know what we wanted this to do, and I think you know it's just trying to give that access for those clubs to understand on what the platform that it is that we're trying to create. Um, Stevie, do you just want to, I think people need to know, you know, some of the background work that is going into to getting these opportunities of, uh, you know, the, the, the spreadsheet and back up behind all that and the conversations we're having with all the coaches yep. and getting everyone's opinions of, you know, you know, what's the assets to these players? You know what I mean? Yes. What what yep. do they bring in their age groups? You know, we'll, we and then obviously with that spreadsheet that we created, you know, that was sent over to our contacts in, in the States for the live streaming, yeah. you know, for them to have access. And there was interest, you know, yes. especially um, another ACB kid, you know, Jackson Kiss, you know, there was direct interest after the first day of one of his games that he played. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's a, that's a network that we have in Charlotte. There has contacts to the EYBL Nike circuit, you know, that, that yeah. was turned because of what Jackson was doing at the game, at the tournament. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good point, Paul. And so I think that that the um, and this is when I when I travelled to the states in 2019, um, I realised how that it would be cool. And this is before I even met you guys or or, or you know knew much about Hoop Nation. Was I th- I thought about these types of things before, where um, 
we had some sort of system where we were able to show that um, that kids are at this high level and maybe it could have been for New Zealand NBL or it could have been for high school. But the, the reality was in their region that these coaches were able to look at um, prior to the tournament and prior to them actually playing a single second, here, here are the kids that I know that, that uh, have played at a high level um, in their time um, over the last year or two. And we had a voting system um, and basically these, the kids that were, all the kids that were in these different grades, um, these were sent out to the, to the coaches uh, and there was a panel of coaches that was Wellington, Taranaki, Manawatu, Hawke's Bay. Uh, there was also Waikato Bay of Plenty and there were also Auckland as well. Um, and the voting system um, then rolled into, was all, all the votes were, were rolled and, and Paul and I uh, totaled them up and, and that was how we came to have the pre-tournament rankings. And those were really great because kids were able, that weren't part of it, were able to go and put, um, say, hey, look, this is something I want to be part of after playing well at the tournament. And then we had, and we had to shout Doug out for this. Doug Courtney came along and, and spent four days basically watching games from morning to night and, and helped and helped myself um, to to look through and, and analyze the best talent. And um, so then we, what we actually had is some kids that weren't previously uh, in the in the 20 prior for one reason or another. And this is basketball. We know some of the best players didn't make the all, the all-star five at the end and they can use that for future, future motivation mm. but there were a bunch of kids there who ended up being all-star five or or even mvp that maybe we didn't think of as highly um and so then after the tournament we went back to the same coaches who'd helped out with the previous uh the previous rankings and then they went and talked on what they'd seen and i think what i also liked to hear from those coaches what they talked about things like this kid had been really respectful off the court and, and I, you know, I'd spotted them um, picking up rubbish after the, after the game. And it was also, it was just great to hear coaches that were observing some of these things. Cause I didn't, I didn't ask these questions, but it also sort of led into the, into the values of the tournament, which is really, really, really good to hear. Yeah. 100%. Um, it was, it was a, it was a change in the landscape in regards to the, what the process has been, you know, for, for, for decades, I think, with exposure and opportunities, you know, the, the big bad world of social media now and live streaming, you know, it's those are really key resources now for for these kids that are on that process. And to go back to what you're saying with some of these kids that did make the All-Star 5 at the end of the tournament that didn't get ranked, you know, some of those kids would have gone in there with a chip on their shoulder saying, well, you know, I am, I can play at a high level. You don't know my name, but by the end of the tournament, you will. You yeah. know, yeah, and that was, and that's one of the motivate motivating points for all hoopers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to go to you next, um, uh, KJ. So the the classic was obviously cancelled this year, and and I think the the country the the hoops landscape probably mourned collectively. You know, um, and <laughs> there was I know for you guys there was a lot of pressure to try and do everything in your power, which you did to to make it go ahead and. Um, yeah, the climate we're living in at the moment, obviously it wasn't able to, but I think it said a lot about you guys and, and the values you have around the tournament that you were able to to, to have a bit of a, a, a refund to the teams, which is really awesome. Um, but also the record number of team registrations, you know, if the tournament had gone ahead, looking at well over 200, can you quickly touch on that and then yeah, what you're able to provide to the teams? And what was a pretty crappy end to the year you know, last six months to the year for the hoops community. 
Yeah, 100% right, Steve. It has been a, a crappy year, and we try to keep uh, the classic open for as long as logistically possible. And it wasn't until um, the government forced our hand, because uh, we anticipated Auckland to come out of um, lockdown earlier and the rest of the country to follow suit. You know, and we thought, yeah, we should just make it. And then it became apparent um, that it wasn't going to be the case, um, but we still hoped, you know, Paul and I have done everything aspirationally. And so we aspired that Auckland would be able to, Auckland tends to better join us because it's not just to play the game, but also for our mental health. Yeah. You know, you've got, you're locked, you're locked down, you're not doing anything, you know, and it's like, okay. And then, and then trying to balance that off with, with kids' safety, you know, who, who are going to a tournament. Um, and, you know, we had some clubs who, who said that if we go ahead, we can't, you know, we're all good conscious now bring our, bring our kids down because they're just not ready physically to actually play the rigors of the classic. So we had 210 teams in that first um, um, cohort that had uh, all, all get up ready to play. And then we had offered, as we went into lockdown, you know, those teams who were nervous about it to, to get a full refund. Um, so we, we lost 20 teams, so we sitting on 190 teams. Uh, and then from then on in, you know, we just said, okay, then, well, whatever it looks like, we're going to provide um, um, a refund. Even though our refund policy clearly states that even under force majeure, which is a new term that Paul and I learned when we put that together, it's um, uh, a word which, Latin word, which means that, you know, beyond our control type of thing, act of God, that, um, you know, we wouldn't be able to provide um, any refunds, not to expect it, but we um, made a commitment to make that work. And so um, we put in from that budget, it was $70,000, just over $70,000 in that budget um, to put back into the clubs. And yeah. we were going to put it back on a per team basis. But then we had a really cool idea that came from um, one of our coaches. He said, you know, well, we had a team that had 16 kids in it. And yeah, Paul and I re revisited everything, made more apology emails. <laughs> and um, thanks to Jess, you know, Jess did all of the, all the grunt work to get all those um, um, refunds back out there, you know, $70,000 worth of refunds. Yeah. Um, plus, plus the uniforms, you know, and, and values, you know, values, what, what do we stand for? You know, the other things that keep us going, you know, the other things that keep us going, because that's the other things that you stand on. Yeah. You know, everything else changes, but you know, honesty, integrity, respect, loyalty, um, and when we look at those members of our community, this I've done nothing but that since we started in 2011. Mm. You know, we've got clubs that started right us right from the very beginning that are still coming to the classic. Yeah. So yeah. So that so that that was a nice thing that made us feel good too to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, so we we were happy to be able to do that. Um, to provide everyone that, but it was disappointing, man, not being able to play the classic. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that yeah. is what it is. You know? Yeah, agreed. Um, yes. Yeah, and I think you know, like, have to put that into perspective with what other people are facing in their lives. You know, not not going to basketball tournament is the least of people's worries. You know, who are, you know, like, um, you know, who are, who, who, and I'll jump into this space who are. Like backs, you know, who who uh, yeah. who can't go into restaurants and stuff, you know, or lost their jobs, you know. But, yeah, a lot more you know, going on. Into perspective, yeah, there's a lot going on in our in our world, and so you know, the refund and you know, just showing love back to our community was just all part of like you know, 
let's look mm. after each other. Yeah. yeah. You look yeah. after each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You jump in there, Paul? Yeah, just saying it was hard to deal with, especially for, you know, the same scenario for these secondary school kids, no secondary school regionals, no secondary school nationals, um, you know, and even felt for the, you know, the WNBL woman, um, knowing that their season was pulled. And we were just trying to grasp at straws to see if we could make it work, you know, and people, you know, and I give it to the basketball community and their support to stick with us and say, hey, look, you know, if it's the 11th hour, then it is what it is. You know, we we value this opportunity. Like KJ was saying, it's not just the coming together and, and getting on the court. It's the, it's the mental health of everything, too, for everyone, what, what they're dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we did our best. There was a silver lining, uh, obviously, is, you know, being able to give them a refund, but also to give everyone their uniforms. And I think that uniform will yes. be a collector's edition now that the one classic uniform that never got worn, touch wood, yeah. that doesn't happen again. But, um, yeah, so, and we've got, you know, we were bombarded with emails and photos of people just, you know, still getting into their kit. And, yeah. and it's still... Mm. And, and seeing what, you know, a lot of the content creators are doing all over the country and seeing kids scrimmage and, and wearing the gear, you know, that's, yeah. that sort of puts a, another silver lining on, you know, what, what the kids valued and, you know, the people in general in the basketball community of well, how much, it is, how important it is to get those uniforms. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good segue then into the next, into the next question. Um, last time we went into lockdown, um, you guys didn't waste any time, launched the junior showcase. This time we went into lockdown and then you were able to launch the Hoop Nation store. Um, I've always said it's crazy. The part, the participation numbers have been, obviously we've been talking about this for, I don't know, it's probably up five, six, seven years. You still can't buy, I don't know where you can buy basketball gear that A, is reasonable or B, is not an NBA jersey that costs, we had this conversation the other day, Paul, $190 oh, or something bucks, like that. $200 it's ridiculous. No, it's, crazy. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And we don't even have the full range that I feel that people would want even of the, the, the coveted NBA. So like what, what were you guys hoping to provide and, and how great has it been to be so that the Hoop Nation gear is now accessible to everyone with the Hoop Nation store launch? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a goal. We've always, um, you know, and obviously time is everything for us, for us all and working out what we could do to do it properly. And, you know, with this lockdown and the force of the, the closure of the tournament for this year or the cancellation, sorry, was now we did order apparel that was supposed to be sold. And I think because Hoop Nation gear has always been exclusive to the events, you know, and we've always had after the events, oh, can I get some shorts here? Do you guys do uniforms? Can we get are these hoodies available? And, you know, so it was always, there was a, there was a presence needed and, it, and from my um, experience of dealing with the uniforms, and getting out 190 teams over the space of two weeks and working out the career logistics and all that domestic career and, and stuff like that. I actually learned the process a bit, bit better to say, okay, well, we can actually form the store with, with the back end of what we've done off just getting the uniforms out, you know? So we created the store, um, you know, it's, 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 it's early stages. We've got apparel up there from the junior showcase from this year's event. And we've also got um, classic t-shirts, which um, I'll let KJ talk to you about the design of, of the latest Hoop Nation Aotearoa basketball tee. Um, 
but yeah, and, and replica t-shirt, uh, replica singlets, replica shorts, you know, they're always accessible at the tournament and, and there's a demand for them too. So uh, with the stock that we did have secured for the event, it's just gone, it's just straight to online now. And it gives us a better understanding of, you know, understanding what the popularity is of the things that we have or getting input from, you know, our supporters and what they'd like to see. I mean, I know that a lot of people like the throwback uniforms that we've done over the last four four years and potentially getting replicas of those um, for casual wear. Um, so it's something that we definitely are diving into. Um, there's also uniforms from the designs that we've had that can be in different colorways that we can support clubs and schools and academies or associations. So that that's 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 on, on the rise, but there's also just the just the logistics of coordinating all that as we speak yeah that's yeah that's a pretty tough one we just got we just got one more question here before we close it out um talk on talking about potential tours what do you think the space is like for for hoop nation to be taking teams and i'm putting you on the spot here as the borders haven't opened but what's the chances of, of potentially taking teams somewhere overseas in 2022 you're going to touch on it kj yeah 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 um We've been contacted by a couple of um, bodies, and I say from one significant body that's keen to um, look at tours um, to the states, but we don't want to, um, you know, step on other providers who, who are already in that space already. Um, you know, so 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 that so that's so that's sitting there, um, and as we look at the border situation, it's like, okay. What's what's the insurances? I think that's mm. a that's a, that's an important um, consideration because you know you're not going to get insurance um, for cancellations. Um, I think that you know borders have to eventually open up. Um, well, I would like to think that borders would would eventually open up because you know commerce can't can't continue. You know tourism can't continue. You know and these are huge. That's a huge industry. You know it's one mm. of the biggest industries in New Zealand. And if everybody's vaxxed and got boosters, then, you know, and, and you're doing all the safety precautions, then you know, it's like, doesn't make sense for it not to be. So, you know, everything's in place apart from, you know, that approval for it to go ahead. Yeah. Um, and that's only the nervous thing. You know, you put a lot of energy, a lot of time, money that you won't get back if it gets cancelled. So, you know, they're my immediate thoughts to you know, plan yeah. for planning for tours. But, you know, imagine being able to take team back to Melbourne, you know, kids back yes. to Melbourne. We took, um, you know, 120 kids that last trip, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, would would love to take would love to take more, um, and 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 potentially even going to the states, you know. So, mm. yeah, and and that's the exciting part, <clears throat> knowing that you know there's conversations that have been held because of the tournament and the showcase was a huge identity for that uh, and the recognition for us to be in that space. Um, and I'm really looking forward to how the showcase is going to pan out next year, um, especially with other additions that we're putting on and opening it up to, to more teams, but to, still trying to focus on that as the elite component for those kids to have that opportunity to put themselves out there. Um, really looking forward to getting back to Melbourne. Obviously, you know, the last tour that we went across, we happened to play some kid that's in the NBA now that, you know, our under 21 boys played against and did pretty well, you know, and I think those kids that went over there and played, 
Josh Getty was, you know, they thought that, well, we can compete and they pushed the Melbourne Tigers to the limit, you know? So yeah, those, those are, those are the things that we're really looking forward to is showcasing that talent at that high level. And, you know, even Melbourne being so close to us with the production that's happening over there with their elite talent and we can get access to that with, with the tour is, is exciting to get back into. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, we're going to close this pod out now. I uh, really, really appreciate you guys jumping on and um, they're taking your time out of, taking time out of your busy schedules to um, yeah, to talk about the scene and talk about the junior showcase and uh, not just the exciting uh, things that are coming for 2022, but also, yeah, just chatting on, on what happened in 2021, the successful things that, that you guys are, were able to put on as Hoop Nation. And yeah, really appreciate um, the part you play in the, in the community and look forward to, to chatting again soon. Thanks everyone for listening in uh, and keep an eye out for, for more baseline content over the next few weeks. Thank you.